Well, hello, Masterpiece Women. How are you today? I hope you're doing wonderful. I wish you could answer and we could have this like engaged conversation, but we always can. Always know that you are welcome to connect with me. If you want to connect, you just need to talk through something. I offer 15 minute free conversations all the time. So check on my Calendly. I'm happy to connect with you and make time to just um, serve you and be with you. So once again, I'm Tina Range. for those of you who don't know me, and I am the host of Masterpiece Women podcast and Masterpiece Women communities and the founder. And we have monthly luncheons in South Florida. We have an annual retreat. If you haven't signed up, there's limited space. You definitely want to sign up for our retreat. It's on our website. It's www.masterpiecewomen.org. And it this year is in Hutchinson Island, Florida at the Marriott Resort. So it's going to be an amazing time of relaxation. We're going to dig deep in the word of God. We're going to grow together. We're going to um, have a ton of fun together. And there is going to be some really nice downtime to go enjoy that pool, enjoy that beach, and just retreat. It's called a retreat for a purpose. And so many times you have these conferences and when you get there, you just have this fire hose. We're not going to do that to you. We're going to have great information, great content, but then you have lots of time with the Lord and with your girlfriend. So let's start our podcast on, I, you know, as I was just thinking and praying through and even reading the Bible this morning, I actually had a different topic and I felt like this is something everyone really needs to understand as a leader, a leader of an organization, a leader of a household, how do we want to make sure that we are making the greatest impact? And one of one of the books that's my favorite books in the whole wide world is John Maxwell. Many of you know I'm a certified John Maxwell speaker, coach, um, trainer, and I love his 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Because if you take all of those 21 laws and apply them, and I actually, I'll share with you, if you can see my, you can see, I, I am very, this poor thing is beat up to pieces, but I have the Maxwell Leadership Bible, and I actually was in Proverbs 27 today, and it's really what led me to think, you know what, I think every leader, every woman out there needs to know and needs to think about how do we become the best leaders? And think about the law of addition. So the law of addition actually is the law that says what? It's pretty simple. It says when we value them, when we make ourselves available, the more valuable we are to them, the more um, we know and relate to them, the more that we do things God's way. Really, at the end of the day, that's what draws people to them. That's what causes our teams to say, oh, I want to be like that leader. Oh, I want to serve that leader because that leader is serving their team well. And so when you lead your team well, you serve your team well, then you have the blessing and the benefit of having a team that wants to do the same. And so the actual law says this specific, I'm going to read it to you from the actual book. It says, law number five, leaders add value by serving others. If you turn your focus to serving your employees and your customers, profit will increase naturally. 
naturally. So if you want to build your business, build your organization, if you will be that leader that serves as a servant leader, you will see the growth that you're looking for. And so I think about that myself. And I think about different stories, even in the Bible. Think about Naomi and Ruth. What happened there? So Naomi passes, um, Naomi passes, Ruth's husband passes away, doesn't he? And then what does she say? She says, I'm just going to go with you. And then I was like, no, go back to your people. Go back to your people. She wanted her to have a good life. And she goes, no, I'm going to come with you and I'm going to be with you. She was going to serve her. Even though it was a huge sacrifice for her, she knew that's what was more valuable to her in that relationship. And I believe this, when people are esteemed, relationships are redeemed. When people are esteemed, relationships are redeemed. So let's talk about that a little bit. How many relationships have you had where the individual just was not, wasn't responding to you well? Have you looked back at that? Did you serve them? Did you come from a place of serving them? You had, if you have a marriage and it's not struggling, I mean, and it is struggling, I want to, I want to really challenge you today, ladies, ask yourself, am I serving my husband well? Children, if we have children, are we being servant leaders or are we being bullies trying to threaten them? Um, it's interesting. I read today, um, I'm, you know, always trying to learn and grow and I'm setting this coach, Christian coaching program. And the author said, change doesn't happen when we bully, when we threaten, when we scare. That doesn't create change. Think about, think about the, um, how many people have heart attacks? How many people have heart attacks? And when they leave the hospital, they say to them, okay, change your lifestyle. You need to eat this, work out, do this. Because if you don't, you're probably going to die because your heart's not working well. I have a friend that has been struggling with that, had open heart surgery and still is not taking very good care of herself. Because that doesn't make change. Fear does not create change. We have to actually change the neural pathways in our brain to make change. So how do we do that? Well, the way we do that is if we want to encourage people, we want to coach people, we want to help people to be the best version of themselves, the best way to encourage them to do that is by serving them well, by encouraging them, by esteeming them, by adding value to them, for believing in them. If we believe in them, they'll believe in themselves. How often I spoke to someone today, I was interviewing a young lady, and as I asked her what her goals were and what she was good at, she just kind of withdrew a little bit and said, well, you know, you could just tell she didn't have a quick answer of what she was good at. She didn't have a quick answer of what her passion She just really wasn't sure. And at that age, she's a young girl, just graduated from college. That's pretty understandable, right? But what if this young lady had somebody pouring into her, telling her 
how valuable she is, how worthy she is, how strong she is, how she can do anything she sets her mind to doing. What if she did? Because I can tell you when I look at different young ladies her age, because she's my daughter's age, and my daughter has a big circle of friends, and I can tell which ones of the parents did that and which ones didn't just by their responses, just when I visit with them and how they respond confidently or not confidently, you know, um, excited or not excited about their future, just different things that they allude to. And I know most of the parents and I'm like, wow, yeah, I could see how that, you know, condescending personality didn't, you know, they wanted to beat them into submission, not physically beat, but like almost verbally into submission to make them. And the, those are the girls that are the wildest. Those are the girls that are struggling the most in school. Those are the girls that are, they've gone off to college because they're all freshmen in college that are just going off the charts party because suddenly they're, they're just looking for who am I and how do I fit in? And, and, you know, college is a lot of temptation. So unless you know who you are and whose you are, it's really easy to succumb to that. It's really easy to do it. And as leaders, not just in the business world, but as family leaders, we really have to pay attention to how we're esteeming. If we want people to respect us, it starts with us treating people with esteem first. So let's read this. I want to read a little bit to you. Proverbs 27, verse 2. Let someone else praise you and not your own mouth an outsider and not your own lips. And what does that mean to us? Well, it talks about us not being prideful, boastful. So as leaders, it's so easy to say, well, I accomplished this and I accomplished this. Well, no. And sometimes when we're in sales, we, and I, I have to admit, sometimes I've been guilty of this of, oh, well, I accomplished this and I accomplished that. And yes, I've built an eight figure company. And so, yes, I, I want you to know that I know what I'm doing. I can help you. That's, that's not what we're here for. I can tell you, it doesn't work. What works is me asking what's important to you. Just like a conversation I had today. First thing I said, tell me what's important to you. Who are you? Like, what are you passionate about? What are your goals? I want to know if they're going to be a good fit for my company. Number one, because if they don't have like-minded values. I don't want to waste my time in my company. I don't want to have people join my organization that are not like-minded, that are not um, going to be people of integrity, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to get to know the individual so that I know, number one, if they're a good fit for the company, number two, What's important to them? And I took a whole page of notes because next time we talk, I know what the, I know the three names of her dogs. I know where she lives. I know her background. I, Cause that's important information cause she's important. And that's the most important thing. And ladies, I'm going to tell you, I'm not perfect at that. And I've actually failed a lot in that. There was times when I built my eight-figure company that all I was talking about is let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on, let's go, guys. What's our next goal? When are we opening next next office? What are the steps we need to do to get there? How are we going to get there? Do you have your calls in place? Do you have your list in place? How many people did you call today? Well, you didn't hit your target. What What's the deal? That was how I behaved sometimes instead of 
if someone was struggling, stepping back and going, hey, what's going on with you today? Are you struggling? Can, can we, you want to talk about it? That's what a great leader does. Even when our kids misbehave, I learned over the years, and actually John Maxwell was huge influence in my life in that, was to ask my, my child, my daughter, my last one got the most benefit, honestly. What's going on with you today? You're very cranky and you've been disrespectful twice now. Now, could I have absolutely reprimanded her and told her how bad she was? And absolutely, and deservingly, probably so. But instead, when I asked her what was going on and said, hey, you're being very disrespectful. So tell me what's going on with you, love, because that's not like you. You're you're not that way usually. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And tears start pouring down her face. I'll never forget this conversation. And she's just bawling. She was heartbroken about something. And if I hadn't just asked that question, I would have just added more fuel to the pain. So it's so important as parents, as wives, as leaders, that we pay attention and ask questions. So we value, and they're gonna do so much. Let me tell you, that's also the kid, because I learned some of those things, was the kid that when she was gonna be five minutes late, would call me, mom, I'm gonna be five minutes late. I never had to worry about those things because she sometimes gave me too much information. Quite honestly, I'm like, I don't wanna know. Um, but it's just so important that we value other people and that they feel affirmed and that they know that we see all the good in them. So. The other thing that um, in 2717 was one of my favorite verses, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The one who guards a fig tree will eat its fruit, and whoever protects their master will be honored. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Death and destruction are never satisfied, and neither are human eyes. And that's, that goes down to verse 20. And then if you skip down to verse 23, be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds for riches do not endure forever. And a crown is not secure for all generations. When the hay is removed and new growth happens and the grass from the hills is gathered in, the lambs will provide you with clothing and the goats with the price of a field. You have plenty of milk to feed your family and to nourish your female servants. And that that was us going 27 to 27 to verse 27. What does that say to us ladies? That says to us this, if we'll take care of people, if you're building a business, if you will take care of your team, they'll take care of you. Just like you taking care of your flock. If you'll take care of your flock, then they're gonna produce the milk. They're gonna produce the um, wool. You don't have to worry about it. Do you have to have processes in place? Of course you do. Do you have to have goals and measurables? Absolutely. But if someone's struggling to meet them, A, are they in the right position? Or B, are they struggling with something? If they normally reach those goals well and they're not now, what's going on with them? Take the time to serve your team, and it will be added to you. The addition, 
the the beauty of the the um, law of addition is that if we add to others, it'll be added to us too. And it just it just happens all the time if you watch around you. So let's talk about that a little bit. My Don Maxwell book talks about there's leaders understand that people represent an organization's most appreciable asset. Your greatest asset is your team. Your family is your greatest asset. No resource more valuable than people. Therefore, people skills represent a leader's most important attribute. Wise leaders practice a law of addition. Leaders add value to an organization by serving their people. This text represents some fundamentals on relationships. I really want you to hone in on these because they're very powerful. It teaches that people are esteemed, relationships are redeemed. Leaders can learn at least the following principles from this chapter. This is all on Proverbs 27. So in verse one to two, don't brag. Leaders understand how little they get from self-promotion. You don't get anything from self-promotion. Let others promote you. You just love people well. Number two, don't envy, verse four. Leaders sabotage themselves if their motive is to keep up with others. If you're trying to keep up with the Joneses and you're looking around what everybody else is doing and, oh, but she's doing this and she's leading this, I can't tell you, it's been very interesting since I started this direct sales company, watching people, they jump from company to company to company because it's all about, oh, well, she's doing more there, I'm going to go there. Well, no, stay where you're at. Make make the best, unless you're miserable, unless you're not making any money, unless you don't agree with the values of the company. Just don't follow that shiny green object. Oftentimes that's what happens. You know, even when um, we had a speaker recently that talked about the, they surveyed all these men who left their wives for another woman. You know, it wasn't the other woman that enticed them. You know what enticed them was and having an affair. It was the adventure, the adventure of it. Because they had to be secretive. And that is a sad, sad fact. But it's true. Don't chase the shiny object. So that's something that men struggle with. And women as well. We chase the shiny object. Let's stay focused on our goal where we're at and make it happen. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't call you in a different place. If he calls you somewhere else, go, girl, go. Because you want to thrive where he calls you. But don't just keep bouncing from one place to the other to the other looking for the shiny thing and think oh it's going to be better the grass is not greener over there it dies in the winter time too unless you live in florida of course sorry <laughs> um then so that was do not envy so verse five and six be forthright leaders don't fear confrontation but speak the truth in love if someone isn't doing what they need to do speak the truth hold them accountable but do it in a way that doesn't demean them. Do it in a way that adds value to them. That's the key. Then verse eight, don't forsake your roots. Leaders, understand the power of relational heritage. You want to build strong roots and relationships and value your family and pour into your family and value those relational heritage that you have. Verse 9 to 10, stay close. Leaders work at maintaining relationships and meeting needs of our team. We stay close to our team members. 
We get to know them. We try to meet their needs, figure out what's going on in their lives. And I find that the most difficult to do with some of the strongest personalities. Oftentimes as a leader, the ones that are the most difficult, we wanna push away from. We almost want to avoid, don't we? Because those confrontations are tough. As sharp, iron sharpens iron, sometimes that iron is so sharp, it's prickly, it's very prickly. And you feel like it's constantly poking you or putting you down or telling you you do things the wrong way or, you know, and that same person, if we'll pour love into them and prayer and ask God to show us how to pour into them, how to edify them, typically hurting people hurt people, don't they? So if you have a team member that is prickly like that, that's always coming in with negative attitude and they're struggling, find out what's going on in their lives because they're probably hurting in some manner. Might want to invest in a coach for them or maybe take some coaching classes yourself. Are you coaching them well? Make sure that you're coaching your team well, that when you're having conversations, you are adding value to them in those conversations. One of the best ways to do that is to really affirm them during the conversations before you address the difficulties, because there's going to be difficulties. They're going to do things that you, you know, you need them to fix. You can't avoid confrontation. You've got to confront them when they're not doing what they need to do. But this was very impactful today, actually. A great coach and change agent, when they're having a conversation, when they're working with their team, they are relatable. They're relating to their team. They're repeating what their team member says. So if you're trying to coach your person, repeat what they say. Make sure that you're hearing them correctly and reframe it back to them so that they know, number one, you were listening to me. Number two, whatever it was you heard, they hear that you heard it. And you ask them, is, is this what I heard you say? Because sometimes too, when you repeat it back to them, they're like, oh, well, yeah, no, I didn't mean that, but that's what they're saying, but they're not really feeling that. And sometimes just doing that, so just, again, just to respect them, to relate to them, to repeat what they said, and then to feed it back to them, to repeat it back to them, they'll feel heard, they'll feel valued. And in addition to that, you'll be able to confirm that you're hearing them properly. That maybe you, you, you know, make sure you don't have any filters on. Make sure that person, you know, is able to communicate what they're really feeling so that you guys can deal with it. So you can, you know, walk through it, whatever that looks like. So it's really important. The three R's, relate, repeat, and um, reframe. All right. So the next thing, add value. Verse 17, leaders sharpen those whom they come in contact with. So our job on this earth is to help make better people, to help improve other people's lives. That's our job on this earth, isn't it? To make disciples. Well, how do we make disciples if we don't love people well? It's really hard to share the love of Christ if we're not loving well. So you think about who, who was our best servant leader? The Lord was. He's such a great, impactful servant leader, but he still held people accountable. But his grace was sufficient, wasn't it? His grace overrode anything else that's the key ladies all right 
And the last one is don't be moved by flattery. Stay humble or you will stumble. Stay humble or you will stumble. That needs to be our key. Stay humble or you will stumble. <laughs> if we want to make the greatest impact on our teams, if we will stay humble and we will stay in a place of humility that allows us, that helps us to stay in that servant mode when we are staying humble. I can tell you the greatest leaders I've ever seen fall. If you look at history, they were not humble and they may have started as humble servants, but somewhere along the way, they let the enemy steal that. They became prideful. They started isolating and then they started failing. When you look at many, many of the um, pastors who have fallen, there's that pattern. They were humble, hearts of gold, servants, wanting to serve the Lord with all their hearts. And then it became about them. They started getting bigger church, bigger churches. They had so many struggles, so much, so much coming at them all the time. And then they became prideful. Then they tried to do it in their own strength. One bad choice. Andy Stanley says one bad choice can lead to another, to another, to another. That um, he has a book that's really good. It's called The Best Question Ever. And one of my pastors told me he reads it every single year. It's called The Best Question Ever. Check it out. Very short little hand pocket book. You can read it in like a couple hours or an hour even. It's really short. But it's all about that one bad choice is a compound effect down to the dark place that none of us want to go. Now, on the flip side of that, that compound effect, one positive choice to stay humble, one positive choice to add value to others, one positive choice to care for our teams and flocks well, multiplies and adds value and adds value and adds up and adds up. And there's a compound effect there because people want to work with people that they know that care about them. They'll work harder for you. They'll work smarter for you. They will follow your instructions when they know you truly care about them. So start with loving your team well. Find out who they are. Find out how you can serve them. Do what you can to just stay super close to them. Engage with them. Ask the right questions. Communicate well with them. And watch the law of addition work in your favor and theirs. It's a win-win. That's what I love about it. When you think about the law of addition, it's just such an incredible opportunity to watch how the Lord works in it, right? When we do good to others, we get blessed. Not only does it feel good because we get to watch their lives being transformed, there's nothing better than to see someone getting close to God or their, their life being transformed because they finally understand whose they are. They finally understand who they are. They finally have a vision for their future that they believe they can do it because they know Christ in me is what gives me the power and the strength to do anything he calls me to do. There's like just this incredible reward for you in that, that you get to watch that, that it's like such a humbling feeling to go, Lord, you use me for that. Wow. Me? Like, one who still doesn't have it all together, I got to be used. That is so cool. Because we don't, we don't have it all together. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to love, just love 
the best we possibly can and add value the best we possibly can. And then he blesses you. It's like going on a mission trip. If you haven't gone on one, you have to go. You go out there to go serve other people. That's the heart. Let me go to wherever it is in the world to serve. As you know, everybody should go. I believe every soul should all should go on a mission trip. But you go, I tell you, it is more rewarding. I, I love going on mission trips. I love watching people's lives being changed. It's so rewarding. So go change people's lives. Go add value and watch the law of addition work in your behalf. You don't do it for that purpose. You do it because that's the right thing to do and to value and love others. But I promise you, it'll come back to you tenfold as you see people growing, as you see people thriving and serving. So join us, ladies. If you're wanting to build your business, you're wanting to build your ministry, join us in our membership. We have weekly meetings. And if you haven't registered for the retreat, you better get on it quickly because it's going to sell out. And we're excited to be with you. We've got some great speakers, some great fun, and we'll see you then. Have a great day.